PointClickFish.com. Your connection to the saltwater fishing community brings you Saltwater Fishing Radio. Are you a professional tournament angler, fishing captain, or novice angler looking to learn from the pros? Listen to live discussions from some of the best in the industry, the biggest TV fishing stars, interviews with captains, sponsors, and fishing teams. Your trusted source for the latest tournament updates, industry news, and interviews. It's time to talk fishing with your host, Captain Jay. PointClickFish.com. Your connection to the saltwater fishing community brings you Saltwater Fishing Radio. Are you a professional tournament angler, fishing captain, or novice angler looking to learn from the pros? Listen to live discussions from some of the best in the industry. The biggest TV fishing stars. Interviews with captains, sponsors, and fishing teams. Your trusted source for the latest tournament updates, industry news, and interviews. It's time to talk fishing with your host, Captain Jay. Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Point Click Fish edition podcast radio show. We've got a special guest this evening joining us back on the Point Click Fish podcast fishing radio show is Captain Noah Link. Captain Noah Link is no stranger to the show and uh Noah we are welcome we welcome you back. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be back on. Uh looking forward to it. Now obviously from your social media post from your Noah's Ark charters and here on the beautiful crystal coast of North Carolina as as we call home and wanted to kind of get an update from you on what you're what you're seeing and uh kind of what you've been up to, Noah. Well, um, what we've been seeing the last few weeks is uh, a real uh, fluctuation in the weather, and uh, which goes into the water temperature. We've had a hard time getting the water temperatures to come up. It's been up and down, but we've had, if you try pretty hard and you and you uh, work the areas good, we've been catching some nice Spanish mackerel. Um, there's been a good uh, showing of bonita, Atlantic bonita, which is a uh, which is a tuna, uh, very good eating. And um, we've had the also catching um, a real good showing this year of uh, what we call sea mullets or whiting. Um, for those that like the bottom fish, uh, this was one of the probably the best years in quite a long time for those and uh and we've also got the uh the big chopper bluefish uh showed up again this year in good numbers and some really good sizes and uh as long uh with the you know redfish uh they're still in the ocean um they're just now starting to get back up in the uh in the marsh areas as the water temperatures start to get above 70 degrees so we're just uh, 
we're a little behind where we should be right now, but uh, it's all coming together, looking looking pretty good. Now, Noah, talk to us a little bit about the chopper bluefish. Obviously, uh, you know, those have gained that we're seeing extremely large uh, blues right, you know, right now in the past few weeks. And like, like, talk to us a little bit how, how you find them, how you target them, what you use. You know, how, how do you prepare to go looking for those bluefish, particularly the bigger ones? Yeah, um, what we've been catching um, size-wise um, is pretty much anywhere from 10 to 20 pounds. Um, if you're fishing in on the inside waters, in to, to take a step back, most of these fish, whether you're going to fish them inside or out in the ocean, you're going to find them on the flats up in up in the in shallow areas where you can actually sight fish these these fish and um inside they're going to be on the either on the sand flats or the grass flats and we're throwing um basically what i'm I'm using two uh two different brands i'm using the uh savage gear seven inch jerk minnow which is a it's a real long cigar shaped minnow with a it's a it's a shallow diver very shallow and uh that works good when they're not hitting top water and when they're working the top water I'm throwing the Halco Rooster Papa and which is about 6 inches long and uh also the Savage Gear the uh Savage Gear Panic Prey Topwater Bait, which is eight inches long, and um, a lot of people say these are, you know, when I'm rigging up, they're saying, man, these are really big baits, but these are also really big fish. I mean, uh, these bluefish are, like I say, last week we caught some between 18 and 20 pounds, and uh, you need these big baits and these big hooks. Um, I'm using all mustad heavy-duty treble hooks on these fish um, or on, on these lures for these fish. If you don't, they're just going to uh, they're gonna bend your hooks, break your hooks, and you're going to lose them. Um, probably three-quarters of my charters this time of the year in the last couple of years have been targeting these fish. They've become really big, um, a really big draw in this area right now. Um, probably the closest thing we got to... Um, say tarpon you know on the flats down in south and uh florida area or whatnot they jump and uh run and do all a lot of acrobatics and uh personally i love to catch them i mean it's a ton ton of fun great fun now now what about what's your suggestion on on leaders for the for these bigger fish obviously they you know as most people know, these 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 fish have a, a mouthful of teeth, and so what, what do you suggest for the leader? What I do, um, and part of the reason that I use such a big plug, well, there's two reasons. Um, start off with if you throw too small of a plug, if you're throwing something that is like a mirror lure or something smaller, you might get a strike, but a lot of times they're going to let it go by because these fish are looking for a meal. But the other reason is if they do hit something smaller, they're just going to inhale it. And a lot of times, even if you have um, 
you know, like a seven-strand wire leader or whatever, or up to a 50, 80-pound mono, they're going to cut it. Like you said, they got a mouthful of razor-sharp teeth, and these, I mean, they got super powerful jaws. But all I'm using is a 30-pound leader, but to me, the trick to it is is to get a plug that is big enough, and they'll hit up to a 10-inch plug. I catch them all the time. Um, on these big plugs, they can't get it down. Once they get that first treble or two in them with a big plug, they can't get to that leader. And um, I haven't had one cut this year yet. You know, every now and then you're going to lose one, but as they say, that's fishing. But um, so far this year, I haven't lost one. But I like to use the bigger plugs for these bluefish just for that purpose, basically to get the strikes to get their attention and so that they do not just inhale that plug and cut everything you got. Yeah, that's a good point because if they inhale those smaller baits, they're going to get right to that leader and just completely just bite through it. Yeah, it. Um, I mean, I've seen people using, like I say, really heavy mono. I've seen them using the wire leaders and, uh, you know, they'll even cut through through that stuff so i just uh i go with the with the big plugs and um you know a lot of people want to switch their trebles out to single hooks um you know i like the treble hooks myself um that's the way they come on a lot of these plugs and a lot of the plugs won't swim right if they don't have that that right balanced hook so there is one plug that I use that's really good that comes with single hooks, um, and it's in the Halco lineup. It's called a Halco Skin Stick. It's a top water um, bait, but it's uh, and these all these bigger top water plugs. I mean, they're rigged super heavy duty for catching. You could go out and catch. Uh, you could top water fish yellowfin tuna for them if you wanted to. You know, they're heavy-duty. they got the hooks made for them, so they'll stand up to these bluefish just fine. And, you know, that's what you want. You don't want to go out there with uh, with a cheap lure and cheap hooks and, um, you know, just lose all your tackle whatnot. Yeah, what, what's something that you see your clients when you get them out of the water and you're fishing for these big bluefish? What's some of the, the, the mistakes or tips? that you end up giving your clients, uh, you know, when they're trying to hook up with these chopper blues? What I do is, um, a lot of it, that's, that's a good question. And, and, uh, and I get a kick out of it sometimes because when people, you can tell them everything in the world, if they, they haven't experienced this before, and it's like anything till you've experienced it once, you really don't know what it's like, even no matter how many times somebody can tell you. But I'll always tell them, when you when we come across these fish, don't get excited. You know, when I tell you they're 20 feet in front of the boat, just put it out there and start bumping it along. You don't have to reel it real fast. But um, that's the main thing is uh, people get excited and they'll overcast or they'll cast you know, nowhere near them. Um, they they get they they get real excited when they 
when they see them. Um, last week we came across a school in some real clear water, and I actually stopped about 40 yards short as we could see them. And I, you know, gave everybody the rods. I said, okay, when I ease up, just make a nice throw right up into them and just pop nice and easy. You're going to get hooked up, you know. And uh, that that worked real real well. It doesn't always happen that way where you can see them and ease up on them. But, um, and I will say the use of a, uh, I've got a, <clears throat> just got a new boat and it's got a, um, I got a, uh, I run a, a Bay Rider 24 foot boat. I got a small tower that I can get up in. Uh, having that a bit of elevation that you can get up and see these fish at a distance so you don't get right on top of them and spook them um, makes a big difference. A lot like catching redfish, you know. If you can see them from 30 yards away and make a cast instead of being 10 feet from them before you see them, it, it makes a big difference. You know, you don't want to spook them out. But the biggest thing is uh, just don't get excited and, and be patient. You know, but uh, and work is obviously. And you, and you tell them obviously not to get excited because they they get a little carried away and kind of miss the fish a lot of times. But let's talk about what you get them to the boat as well. Uh, what what are some tips uh, besides obviously keep your hands away from their mouth, right? But what what are some tips when you get them up to the boat? Uh, what do you, what do you tend to do with these larger fish? What I do, um, if these fish are, uh, to me, and, and and a lot of folks, they're very good eating. Um, they are a different strain than our normal bluefish. They're not like, um, they're not our normal bluefish just grown up. These are a different variety. Um, they're very good to eat. People are going to eat them. They want to keep them. I usually just gaff them. Um because, you know, dealing with uh, a fish that big, I mean, that's like dealing with a with a small dolphin. They're about the size of a of a nice cow dolphin, you know. Um, also, land them by hand. I use uh, fish monkey gloves. Makes a glove that is um, made for gripping fish and for landing fish. Um, it's called the gripper, and uh, it kind of uh, fish slime and things like that don't affect them. So I use those, and I just uh, land them like you would uh, a false albacore, grab them by the tail and swing them in the boat. And I always tell people, you know, ahead of time, when I get these in the boat, don't go right down. Let me get the hook out, and, you know, we'll don't put your hands right down on them right away because uh, – They'll take your fingers off easily, you know. These are big fish. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll also put a they'll put a sh- they'll put a show on them inside the boat too. Oh yeah, yeah. They're you know once they get in the boat, especially if you get them a little green, uh, they're not done, you know. And um, they got a blue fish with all these all these per- fish that prey on others. That they all have an after anticoagulant in their saliva and if you get bit by one of these you're not going to stop bleeding right away 
you know, and uh, one of these big ones could easily, like I said, it could easily take a finger or, you you know, at the least end up with a, with a pile of stitches, and uh, that's no good. But um, what I do is just uh, I usually get the hooks out of them and let them calm down, and, uh, you know, you know, everybody wants a picture with, with one of these. Um, they're, they're great for that. And then, uh, you know, and what other thing I will say to people is, um, you know, if you're going after these, carry lots of ice and a cooler big enough to accommodate, you know, a 40-inch fish because you got to keep them cold and a little cooler just isn't, you know, uh, a 50-quart or 70-quart cooler is not going to hold one. It's going <laughs> to have half of them sticking out. So, you know, if you if you are intending to go after these fish, you know, you want to take a cooler and plenty of ice to keep them cold. And um, on the big ones, just in case anybody's wondering, um, if I'm correct on this, I want to say it's four per person. A day over 24 inches on the bluefish. It's either four or five, but um, you know it's not like the smaller ones that are 15, so 15 a day. So you, you just not that everybody would keep that many, but just a little uh, tidbit of information there. Uh, how long do you think these these bigger fish will end up sticking around? They usually stick around to the end of May, um, and a lot of times they'll leave here right around the time that the majority of the cobia leave. They'll almost leave together. Um, one thing I didn't hit on is the equipment that I'm using to catch these fish on. Um, you don't want to use – I target everything with light tackle, but you don't want to use – too light a tackle or you're just going to either end up getting spooled and lose your gear or you're going to burn your reels up you don't you know you don't want to use too small um what i would suggest is uh, what i'm using is a star star rods uh vpr model eight to seventeen pound with a four thousand series okuma reel and um that pretty much does the trick really good. I uh, I have um, caught them on smaller gear, but you run the risk of burning your re- the gears out of your reels. You know, if you're using a 2500 or a 3000, um, unless you know, and even with the 4000, you need to work the drag. You know, when he's taking and running, let him have a little bit. And then you can, you know, tighten your drag back down. It's one thing a lot of people don't understand. They think once that drag set, they don't ever think about using it while they're fighting the fish, which um, make, can make all the difference in the world, really, especially using light tack. But, uh, yeah, just a just a little bit stouter rod and, um, and about a 4,000 series reel. We'll do it. I'm using 12-pound uh, fins braid with, a, like I say, about a 30- or 40-pound leader. I usually give it about three feet on the leader just in case he gets wrapped around it or it gets in his gill plates or, or whatever. You know, you, you're not getting that braid up in there. It gives you plenty of leader. 
And if you have to grab him, if you have to grab the leader, he's coming in. I don't want to have to grab Braid. I'd rather grab that leader and gaff him, you know. Mm -hmm. A little bit longer leader makes it nice to get a hold of coming in. Yeah, and that's something for anglers to consider is to make sure they have that right tackle, uh, you know, for the job to to make sure to get it done to be successful because a lot of times, like you said, using smaller reels, you know, smaller hard baits, um, you know, that could end up being – uh, a bad day and not not landing any fish and ruining uh, you know quite a bit of equipment. So hopefully, if uh, anglers yeah. are listening to the show, that's some, something they take into consideration. Yeah, I uh, I always go out um, and I'm I'm using you know if I'm going to rig, which I usually take six or eight rods and rig for different things because you never know what you're going to come across, but. For these fish, I'm rigging my best gear for them. You know, um, I had a guy pull up to me the other day, and we hooked up. I had four people, and we were all hooked up in a minute or two. And another boat come over, and uh, he'd been out there, and he could see him. He just couldn't catch him. He was throwing too small of uh, stuff at him, bucktails and you know, and shallow divers, small Uzuris and things, and uh, they just wouldn't hit it. They, you know, you got to throw something big to these guys and make a, you know, a bit of a disturbance because they're used to eating pretty good-sized prey. You know, I, um, the uh, another good bait is the Sea Striker Cedrus plug. It's a, a cedar plug, epoxy-coated cedar plug. Um They'll eat that thing all day long. Really good plug, but once again, it's a big bait. But and these big baits, you can also throw a long distance too, you know. And that's real nice when you spot them a long ways away. You can you can throw a long distance, and when you throw into them, you don't want to hit them right on top of the head. You either want to throw it past them or throw it a few feet beside them, so it doesn't. Um, if you hit them right on. You might spook them, you know. If you're a few feet beside them or past them, and as you bring it by them, they'll jump on it. Um, they don't. They don't particularly like, and, and and most things are that way, unless they're just in a, a wild frenzy. Um, they don't like being that big plug landing right on top of them. But yes, definitely, uh, definitely use the right gear, and it's worth it. I mean, you get out there and you're fishing and you want to catch these fish and you see them and you can't get them and you had the opportunity two hours earlier at the tackle shop to buy some plugs that were twelve thirteen dollars a piece and i know they're expensive but when you get out there in them and you don't have anything you would have paid or you would pay anything for a couple of those lures <laughs> to catch them um, <laughs> Or, or if you buy the wrong ones, you're going to end up losing them anyway. I mean, so you, you want to make sure to buy the right ones, the ones that are sturdy and hold up well, and ones that exactly. can do the job. As, as with anything, you get what you pay for. Yep. That sure you enough, do. Yeah, so, I mean, so there's for people listening. There's definitely still time to you know to get your call to get on the the chopper bluefish. 
But, uh, you know, something else that's kind of slowly kind of trickling our way is uh, the cobia. Um, so we've seen a oh, few, yeah. you know, landed and in the area. Let's talk a little bit about uh, cobia fishing here on the Crystal Coast. Yeah, um, today was not a bad day for cobia fishing, um, for catching. There was, uh, in, in my neighborhood anyway, and I'm sure there was some that I haven't heard of, um, down towards Atlantic Beach and Emerald Highway, uh, a lot of my buddies fish down that way. Haven't heard any news from them yet, but I know of uh, four or five caught right there at Cape Lookout um, and uh, Long Shackleford. Saw one today myself. Um, couldn't, you know, just came up and went down. Didn't really have a chance to uh, even get a shot at it. Um, which uh, Toby fishing, um, you know, you got in to me. You got two different ways of doing it. You can bottom fish for them with, uh, you know, squid, cut bait, live bait, um, which a lot of people are doing. Um, basically, you're going to be rigging up. Uh, I use a. If I'm going to be doing that, I'm going to rig a, about a four ounce sinker with a fish finder rig and probably a you know, a 50-pound leader with a about a six, seven-aught hook. And if I have my perfect bait, I probably have some live shad. And if I can't have them alive or keep them alive, it takes a pretty good-sized live whale to keep them alive. Um, just fresh, fresh shad that still have the slime on them are really good work really good and um you know it even gets better for those that have the automatic chum grinders and and you can go um you can go as far as you want like with anything you know you can you can get as fancy as you want with this and um or you can uh go sight fishing and which i've um really taken in the last five or six years i've really gotten into doing that um working the menhaden uh, balls of bait that you see, the piles of bait that you see up and down the beaches. You uh, just go, you're kind of in your tower, and you're just creeping along a little better than idle. And you're, uh, you got most everybody rigged up with the rods, and you're just looking for cobia. And a lot of times you'll drop, I'll drop through to cobia and um, sight fishing for them um, using. A lot of different things from um, from live bait and what works also works really good like live bait on a uh, on a big jig head. But if you were to take that live bait and just kind of stun him, where because just like in all of nature, the predators are going to go after the easiest prey. And um, if you'll stun one and uh, just kind of let him flutter down through a bait ball, a lot of times there's cobia underneath that you don't see. They're feeding from underneath. You know, there's times that you see them right on top swimming through. But um, you want to work those bait balls. Um, Bucktails are a really good uh, method. Um, And you see them, uh, Spro makes a good one. Sea Striker makes some. There's a lot of them that are custom. A lot of the tackle shops here around this time of year they're buying custom made bucktails that are made out of uh, 
you know, actual feathers and, you know, a lot of bright colors and stuff. Um, the one thing that cobia are a very curious fish. So if they see something that catches their eye, they won't necessarily swim away from it. They'll come check it out. So, and they're liable to hit anything. I've caught cobia on, you know, bucktails. I've caught cobia on bottom fishing. I've caught them on topwater baits or trolling. So there's no telling what they're going to hit. Um, if I'm going cobia fishing, and that's all somebody wants to do is to go cobia fishing, I'll probably have six or seven rods, and I'm going to rig them all different. Because you might throw, and I've done this, I've chased them before out in the flats off Cape Lookout for an hour till finally you throw just the right thing and they jump all over it. And one other thing is it's a whole lot harder to catch a single cobia than it is if you get two of them together because they'll compete for it. You know, it's uh, not that... Not that either one of them is hungry, but neither one of them wants the other one to have it. Kind of like two kids in a toy. You know, it's, uh, I've had that happen where I've chased a big female for a long time. And as soon as a small male came flying in on it, we hooked them both up instantly. So, you know, a lot of times, if you got a single one, it's, um, it's hard to get them. And another uh, method, some people get really fancy and stuff. To tell you something that works good is a bucktail and take a squid and strip it. Just use strips of squid on that bucktail. They really like that as well. It's a, uh, you know, there's a lot of different methods out there that people are using to catch these fish. And uh, because they do feed on top of the water, they're bottom feeders as well, and they'll hit. I, I'd honestly say they've probably been caught on just about everything, pretty much. Yeah, I saw I saw yesterday at uh, Chase and Tills um, bait and tackle that they weighed in a 73-pounder yesterday. Um, looks like some guys went out in the rain, and it paid off for them, and they ended up finding a 73-pounder yesterday. Yeah, that's a nice fish. Yep, big fish. And they're coming in now. Like I said, today was a lot of people out cobia fishing, even though the weather was cloudy and a little bit breezy. Um, you know, if you want them, you got to get out there. They are around, and they're not going to be here um, like they are now, but probably through around the 1st of June or first week of June. Um, there's always a few around in the summer that get caught, but um, yeah, there's that the first to... initial run up, run of them for the you know yeah two to they four go, weeks they come... that uh, they 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 come in pretty good. Yeah, they you know these big the big ones are the females and you know they're full of eggs. They're coming in here to spawn. They come in the inside waters, get up in the in the sound here to spawn and uh, move north, and then they, you know, when they're done, they move south again. They go offshore and move south. So we only have this, as you said, this small window of opportunity to catch these fish. And, you know, people see, uh, 
like you said, that that big one put up there, and they think, man, you know, it's on and everybody's catching them. That's not always the case. I mean, for for everyone that's caught, there's 50 other boats out there that didn't see one or more. You know, if it's a nice day, so you really got to. Uh, well, that's if you're gonna. Go ahead. I was gonna say that's something that we. I was gonna say that's something that we hear with the show a lot. Is a lot of people will email uh, questions and ask how to catch cobia because a lot of people have not been successful fishing for cobia. They go out there and they try and they, you know, they'll fish the bait balls or they'll fish, you know, um, in the inlet, um, you know, Barden's Inlet or, you know, wherever they may be, but they are not successful. Um, A lot of people have a hard time finding them. And like you said, they'll see those fish that are hitting the scales, but you're right. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are fishing for them, but you've really got to, do your research, fish in, in the right areas with the right equipment in order to be successful because a lot of people hook up and the, the fish will break off. They, they were not able to land them, um, whether, you know, they have the wrong equipment uh, or, and that's something else we'll talk about here in a second, is once we they get to the gaffing part, um, sometimes if those fish aren't ready to be gaffed, they, they, they don't want to be gaffed. <laughs> no, no, and that is something um, – but uh, on the on your point about um, people that don't catch, um, if you're going to be serious about really wanting to catch a cobia, you got to go and go and go. You got to pound it daily during this two weeks. You know, um, if you're going to be serious about catching them. I mean, I know some of the guys that really guide for cobia and. When I say guide for cobia, they don't look for much else but that for a couple of weeks. They'll cover 100 miles in a day, easy, looking for them. You know, it takes, I mean, and you always hear that story of, you know, the guy that went out trying to catch some bluefish and put one line over and hooked the cobia first right off the bat. You know, it happens, but. That's not the norm, not at all. And uh, something I guess it would, for, be, it would be it would be nice for everybody if if that worked uh, for all of us when we went out. <laughs> that's right. Oh yeah, man. I'd look. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I would love it. <laughs> um, something to think about. Um, and this is for people for people that that haven't caught any or many that. And this this is every cobia that I've ever caught. And I also talk to a lot of people that catch cobia, and this is pretty much the norm because you catch a lot of other stuff out there. You catch sharks and rays and other things that pull really hard. And a lot of people think, man, I've got a cobia hooked up. But when you hook a cobia, he's going to make that initial run, and then he's going to come to the top. He's going to do it every single time. He's going to come to the surface, you know, after a few minutes. So if you're pulling and pulling and pulling for 20, 30 minutes, and that's not a cobia, nine times out of ten. not going to say every time, but I've never caught one. I've caught a lot of them, and I've never caught one that didn't come to the surface. And um, what usually what they'll do is they'll come to the surface, and they'll almost, they'll try to use the current 
to uh, pull you away, but they'll come at the boat, and you can try to get them. And I have gaffed them green before. But if you miss them on that first gaff, they're going to go deep on you. And then you got to fight on your hands then. They probably won't come back up after that. Once they go back down, they're probably going to stay down. And um, something to think about that I have is I carry some buoys, pretty good-sized buoys, the, the red balls with my boat name written on it hooked to my anchor line if I'm bottom fishing and I'll just drop the anchor line unhook it and let that ball go you can always come back and and get your anchor Um, that way you can follow the fish because if you're in a channel with a lot of boat traffic which I've been I've been in this situation and you got to get away from it you know or a buoy fish is headed towards a buoy you don't want to get in let him wrap around it so Sometimes it's easier to follow the fish and kind of take them with you. Fight it that way. But in, in all Yeah, like you said, sometimes it gets, it gets a little crowded as well with other boats. Well, you got to figure. Um, and I'm going to use Cape Lookout for an example, but where these fish are coming in, they're coming in right through the channel. It's right through where everybody runs. And everybody's in, you know, fishing in there, anchor lines everywhere. So you just you gotta be careful and uh you know if you want that fish. But I like if I'm anchored, I'm gonna usually unless I know I got that fish, I'm gonna I'm gonna let my anchor go and uh fight the fish. Let them fight the fish, I'll keep them on the bow. That way they're not running around the boat. Keep the fish away from the motor. And um, that goes for any big fish that I catch, you know. I'm going to position the person on the bow, fight them from the bow, and just, um, like I said, one, they don't have to run around the boat, and two, that fish doesn't get under the boat and in the motor and cut off, you know. Um, One uh, thing to add when you're bottom fishing for cobia, you usually want to set your drags pretty light. And when those, I set them real light so you can just barely pull that drag. So when that fish does hit, you want to let that cobia go. Sometimes I'll let them pull that drag for a minute or better before I'll set the hook. Um, it takes them a little bit to get that. You don't want to pull the hook on them. As you said, a lot of them are broken off. They're not hooked good. Um at that point, I really don't care if he swallows it, you know. That's kind of what I'm looking for. I want him to get that bait eaten before I set the hook on him. But, um, now, talk to us a little bit about the, the, the tackle that you use, um, you know, line and rod and reel, and t- kind of give us a, a typical cobia setup for you. My, tic- oh, excuse me, my typical cobia setup, I use all spinning reels. Um, I'm going to be using 6,000 series spinning reels with a, uh, I got star plasma boat rods that take, you know, 25 to 50 pound braid. Um, it's a seven foot rod, plenty enough to handle cobia, sharks, anything. I'm using about 40 pound thin braid 
and um, it works good, works great. Um, like I said earlier, you got to work the drag some. You know, you got that drag set real light, and usually what I do is just before I set the hook, you don't want to set the hook with the drag all the way open. You're not going to get a hook set. So as he's just creeping away with that bait in his mouth, I'm going to tighten the drag down real fast and set that hook. And then, you know, if he takes off running, I might open that drag just a little bit. Enough for him to run, but enough for him to, you want him to start wearing down. You know, you want you don't want to just let him go free. So, but you don't want to break him off either. You don't want to make it so tight that that uh, you break your line or you bend your hook out or whatever. You know, you want to hit that happy medium. Yep. Do, do you uh, find that most? I mean, what what are what are some of the tips? And uh, you know, kind of tricks that you tell your clients when when they're hooking up or hooked up on a cobia. Is there mistakes that you often you see that they do, or tips that you have to remind them of while while they're doing it? The one problem that I see a lot of people make is one on on any good size fish, um, but on cobia. Um, a good hook set and letting them a lot of people they will uh, what I tell them is to especially when we're sight fishing when I I said look there he is right there when that cobia takes the bait let him turn and go the other way with it and start to take it then set the hook a lot of people as soon as he inhales it they set the hook and it just comes right back out you know i like to let him get his head turned so when i set that hook that berries up in his jaw um and also when they're fighting it a lot of people are not sure what to do he's peeling off drag and they'll put the rod straight out or close to it i like to get the rod let him fight the rod don't let him wear you out you know these, that's what these good, I mean, the rods today are really good equipment. That's what they're made for, you know. Let him fight that rod and wear him out. When he lets you, uh, when he's done pulling drag, then you can gain a little bit, get some back. But, yeah, keep the rod tip bent, you know, keep it in the air and keep the rod bent. Don't Don't let him fight you, let him fight the rod. That's, you know, a good hook set and then and, and fighting them correctly. And also, when people get these fish close to the boat, you need to loosen the drag because you're getting that leader shorter and shorter. When you got a lot of line out, you got stretch. You got leeway. When you got him eight feet from the boat or closer, you don't got much to, to play with there. If he all of a sudden decides to make a really powerful move or turn or dive and you've got your drag all the way tightened down, there's a good chance you're going to lose that fish right at the boat. You know, as he comes in closer, loosen your drag, he's tired, you can loosen that drag up a little bit. Just in case he's got one more burst, that drag will let him go on and you most likely get that fish back versus losing him, you know. 
you when you got him on that short leader, you don't want to put a lot of a ton of pressure on him. And uh make sure you got somebody in the make sure your gaffer's good. <laughs> and and when you well, get a Cobia, I was gonna say that's something we talked about earlier. Let's talk a little bit about the, the gaff piece of it. Yeah, when you uh the way I like to do it is I hit them all in one motion and I don't stop. I've seen people gaff them and take a split second to admire their work. And then that's a heavy, in that split second, your adrenaline's gone, you know. And then you, then you got something. And, and also, as soon as you hit that fish with the gaff in that split second, he, he's got a bit of a shock for a split second and he quits. But if you give him a couple seconds, he's going to start thrashing. Then you got a monster on you. You got a tiger on your hand. You know, um, I hit him all in one motion and just keep right on going. I, if I've got more than one person in the boat, which I usually do, I tell him, okay, look, I'm going to land this in the bow of the boat. I need everybody to get in the back because when he hits the floor, he. You know, they've been known to break coolers up, break the rods in half, break legs, everything else. I mean, you know, he's about like putting a big shark in the boat. He's going to thrash all around. <laughs> so, I mean. Well, that's, that's something we, we've said we said before. When you start seeing people dancing all over the boat, that usually means that oh, they've yeah. got a cobia. They've got one. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, they know. You know, I'll, I'll usually tell the guy, look, here's what we're going to do. Um, when I have him, when I got him, I want you to let some line out, put that rod in, rod holder on the other side of the boat, and we're going to throw the fish in the floor. So it gets the rod up off the floor, and um, and just let let him kick around, usually a minute or two, and it's over with. But that can be a long minute or two if there's two or three people standing up there, and he's beating everything to death. And they got some really nasty spines on them. So you don't want to get hung up in those. You know, well, on, well, on that if you've got a, a, a larger fish and treble hooks and people around the deck, that that, uh, that ends yeah. up being a disaster as well. Yeah, and I mean, as they say, you know, Murphy's Law, what can happen will. If you, like you said, if you got treble hooks, he's coming in and he's thrashing around and there's people and say there's still some tension on that rod, that's why I always tell people to let, slack off of it off the if he's thrashing around and throws that hook free and it winds up in somebody's leg you know and that has happened with me several times you know it's just kind of nature of the business but yeah you can uh there's a lot of things that can go wrong you get one over 50 pounds and you gotta you gotta do it right or you can get hurt <laughs> you, you have to do it right, or it's going to teach you the hard way. It's uh, yeah, it, it's funny, but it's not. You know, they can they can do some damage. Yeah, I saw I saw a guy, I saw one rip a, a rod holder right out of a guy's uh, gun on one time. So uh, yeah, they can. Well, obviously, obviously now is the time for Cobia and Chopper Bluefish Charters, and and, and that's how can listeners get in contact with you if uh, they said, you know what, I, I want to go learn from Captain Noah Link in person on the water. What's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Um, 
Well, for one, they can reach me at uh, my, on my cell phone, uh, 252-342-6911. Um, I can be emailed at Noah's Art Charters Incorporated at gmail.com. And you can also go to my website, Noah's Ark Fishing Charters.com, which has all my information. It also has uh, weather, all the tide stations for North Carolina. There's a lot of good information on that site. And, um, you know, you can uh, you can reach me for my – all my um, information is on my website as well. Yep. They, they, they want to go for a ride in that new Bay Rider. It's a nice boat. I want to go, too. <laughs> it is a very nice boat. Yeah, we got to get out there. Um, we just need the, we need the weather to cooperate and the wind to cooperate, don't we, these days? It's, 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 this past week has been a lot of wind and a lot of rain. Yes, it has. It uh, looks like, it's, you know, Monday's tapering off to 40%, and usually 30 40%. That's pretty good odds. I'll you know I'll take that. It's uh, that's no problem. And um, you know, as far as the weather, you know, there's. I like to say that if you don't fish around here when the wind's blowing southwest at ten to fifteen, you're never gonna fish because it's always blowing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's just something that we have to we have to we have to deal with. It is. I mean, it comes a point where you just have to go, you know. And and once you do, it's not, you know, you say, you know, that really wasn't so bad. And there's places to get out of the wind. You know, the hook of the cape blocks it off. Um, You know, if you can can, uh, stomach the ride out to uh, the end of uh, Cape Lookout and across to the east side, you got it made, you know. There's, for people in the know, there's uh there's places to get out of the wind. Yep. You know, and also on well, the one things too. Go ahead. I was gonna say one one more thing one thing I forgot to mention is that you know, um on bottom fishing for cobia, you really need the tide running. I like an outgoing tide myself. I really do. But what I really like even better than that is when you got the tide and the wind going in the same direction because you need those rods. You know, most people are going to fish four, maybe five rods. You know, I'll fish four. Um, bottom fishing, I'm going to fish two right off the back and straight down, two, two more out the back and out a little ways, and then I'll throw one you know, a shotgun rig out the back of center line and maybe fish it on a quarter-ounce weight about mid-water. But um, you really need to win in the tide going in your direction. Like, if, like say, today, if, if you were fishing Cape Lookout and you would have wanted an incoming tide with the southwest wind because once the tide swings your lines are going to be wrapped together under your boat. Because your boat's going to go one way and lines are going to go the other. You know, just something to think about, little little stuff. 
And uh, but you know, definitely, definitely a good point and, and, and good info. If I'm bottom fishing and I got everything right and the tide changes and I know it's not gonna, it's just gonna be too difficult to keep everything straight and everything's gonna be tangled. I'll pull up and go sight fishing. You know, but the one thing about sight fishing is, I mean, days like today, you might could have found some bait, but it's hard to find bait on rough days. Hard to see it. Um, sight fishing is really good on 30 days when you can see the, you know, you can see bait balls for hundreds of yards and just go from one to the other, you know, all day long. So that does make it easy, and you know. Like I said earlier, um, sight casting, I got 10 rods. I'm going to rig them all different. And uh, I'm going to be trying everything. If one, if I see them, one thing doesn't work, a couple casts, I'm going to throw something else. Um, one thing I would like to say, tell people, is that, you know, cobia fishing is not, I don't want to say it's not easy. It isn't easy, but it's... Uh, I call it needle in a haystack fishing. Um, takes a, you know, unless you get really lucky, takes a lot of time put in and a lot of ground covered to catch them. I actually catch more cobia Spanish fishing because um, I'm Spanish fishing around bait balls and stuff like that, and I always carry cobia rods rigged. So if we come up on a bait ball that we're trolling around the edge of, and I get in my tower and I see a cobia, I'll just knock it back to idle and uh, put a bait over to him. I catch a lot like that, you know, because in the end, I, I want people to have catch fish, have some fish to take home. I mean, I, I don't get a whole lot of people that all they want to do is cobia fish. After a while, most people get bored, especially if there's Spanish and fish breaking all through these bait balls. Pretty soon they start wanting to, hey, can we try catch some of this stuff? You know, which I've, before they ask, I usually suggest that, hey, if you want, it's easy enough to put some Spanish lines out. They won't be in the way. If we see a cobia, we're going to, you know, put the, uh, they want, they want that, they the want that action. <laughs> yes, yes, especially, um, you know, anchored up. A lot of people, unless you're really serious about anchored up fishing and you got a chum chum grinder and you're really into it, people get bored pretty quick, you know. After 30, 40 minutes, of, uh, you're constantly checking lines and baits, things like that. Um, once slack tide hits, you pretty much want to pull your gear in because that's when all the sharks come out. You know, they love slack tide. But, um, but yeah, I catch a, I catch a lot of good, just, uh, Yeah, that's a lot of good, lot of good info with, with Kobe and, and bluefish. Obviously, now's the time to do it. So we yeah, get a lot is. of questions and emails about, you know, how to catch him and how to do it and, we wanted to yeah. get you back on the show again and t- talk to us a little bit about how to do it. And I, I tell you, yeah. um, like you said, get the right equipment, right location, and go for it. Yeah, I, I had a guy call me uh, last week 
and he said he was from Wilmington. He said, "Well, he said um, I'm coming up your way to fish." He said, uh, "What would you do if you were to come down here to fish for cobia? How would you go about it?" I said, "Well, if I was going to come down there, I'd probably call a guide." <laughs> I said, <laughs> "Even though, even though I know my area, I don't know that area, you know." Um, save mm-hmm. yourself a lot of time, you know. So, not not saying uh, call me right away or anything, but um, it does help when uh, when somebody's got the knowledge, all the gear, everything ready to go. You know, it, uh, it There's makes definitely, a difference. Definitely a lot to be said to that. It it, it can cut out a lot of. Um, Heartache and frustration if if you go somebody yeah. put put that time in if you if you're not able to do so. Yeah, you probably come out on the uh, on the cheaper end really. By the time you go buy all the stuff you think you're going to need and everything for your boat and get it all ready, you know, versus just stepping on one of our boats. It's already everything's already all rigged out. And if we do get one, when we get it in, we know how to clean it and dress it. You know, you got that to think about too. You get a, you get a, a, a fifty to eighty pound fish in. I mean, that's like dealing with a small animal. You got to know how to do it, or you really mess it up. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll look forward to following up with you and see how. The next few weeks have gone because I know it'll be uh, it, it between the bluefish and the cobia. It, it, we definitely should have some reports and updates uh, from you with a lot of activity yeah. going on over the next few weeks. I think this next week is going to get pretty hot. Um, water temperature went up to 73, 74 today, and I think that that has everything to do with the fish that were caught today. And um, just as soon as this wind or even not so much the wind, just this weather, this front and stuff that's been hanging over us as it tapers and gets away from us and we get some warmer weather. This next week's going to be pretty hot. You know, I think so anyway. Well, Captain Noah, as always, we appreciate it and look forward to having you back on and getting an update and uh, letting us know all the fish that you've called over the last few weeks. But uh, we definitely thank you for your time and information. Yeah, uh, thanks again. Uh, always a pleasure to be on the show, Jay. And, uh, you know, you guys do a great job. And, uh, you know, look forward to seeing you soon. Well, I tell you, here in a few weeks, we'll see you at the uh, Star Rides Carolina Redfish Elite on June 1st and right. 2nd there on the Moorhead City waterfront. So we're looking forward to seeing you there and watching yeah, you shift uh, gears a little bit to, to some redfish. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh I think it looks like uh, all all of us are getting a little bit starting to get ready for it. I see people, seeing some guys out practicing and checking around, getting their gear right for it, you know, getting the boats rigged up for the tournament. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a good tournament. Sure is. Well, we hope getting, everybody, you know, everybody, listen, everybody listen, listening, uh, heads on down to the waterfront there on June 1st second they're right there at big rock landing in moorhead city we'll we'll have a two-day elite redfish event um so we're definitely excited noah 
It's, it's one of the teams that we fish competing for $15,000 in cash, man. I tell you what, that, that's that's impressive. Wow. Yeah. I, I try not to think about that. Uh, the, yeah. That's, I mean, it's just great area. It really is. That's, uh, as you said, that's very impressive and, uh, it's come a long way, you know, really has. It has it's definitely come a long way, but uh, we look forward to to do to doing the event and uh, seeing you there, Noah. I'll be there. I will be there. All right, Noah, thanks, ready. thanks again, and we we look forward to following up with you. All right, sounds good. And uh, once again, thanks for having me on the show. Always a pleasure. All right, thank you, Noah. Again, that's Captain Noah Link from Noah's Art Charters. Specializing in light tackle charter fishing and sightseeing along the crystal coast of North Carolina. Also, we would like to thank our new partners. That's something that we've been very excited about here is making new updates, uh, new partners for the year. Obviously, we have Crystal Coast Graphics back on again with us this year. They've been uh, great supporters of ours for many years. Sirius XM Marine, we look forward to bringing you information on the marine weather. Uh, bringing it to your multifunction display. That's something that's very exciting weather, fishing info, and channel surfing. And also Ray Marine. Ray Marine, we're very excited to have a live weather kiosk with a Ray Marine Axiom Pro and Sirius XM Marine Weather. And we will have it uh, the tournaments that we're covering. So you'll be able to see live uh, Sirius XM Marine Weather Service on a multifunction display right there live at the weigh-in. Also, a new partner as well is PowerPole. So we're definitely excited. And Jarrett Bay Boatworks. The guys were definitely really excited this year to have these new partners. But also you can go to pointclickfish.com and check out links to all of our partners. And you can find more information and resources along with shows just like this that you heard today on the Point Click Fish Fishing Podcast Radio. Guys, we're kicking off tournament season. We will be at all the events starting this week. We had the Hatteras Village Offshore Open that kicked off, and then obviously next week will be the Swansboro, Swansboro Rotary Blue Water Tournament. There takes place in Moorhead City, so we look forward to seeing you guys at, at the event and on the website as well. Make sure you join us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. And also you'll notice we'll be having special shows throughout the week to be able to bring you the best fishing podcast radio. Thank you and have a good night. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information, show notes, updates, or to join the saltwater fishing community, visit pointclickfish.com. Don't forget to catch live streams and future shows at saltwaterfishingradio.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. Stay safe on the water and tight lines.